0: self-compassion self-acceptance using the genius of your heart to serve the collective and move us all forward that's what we're here for I'm Danielle Laporte and this is with love Danielle hello my loves how do you feel about goals I have lots of opinions about goals. I'm going to share a few with you. I'll spare you of some. What's the difference between a goal and a vision? What's the difference between a heart-centered vision and an ego-centered vision? What does faith have to do with manifesting? Welcome to With Love, Danielle. This is going to be a juicy one. This is going to be a two-part series, if two parts is actually a series. I think it's just two parts. We're going to be talking about service, also known as SEVA, S-E-V-A, selfless service, and what that has to do with you becoming really, totally, abundantly fulfilled. We should probably talk about wishful thinking and craving, all of which has to do with desire. I have some wishes, and I have some extra things for you. So my book, How to Be Loving, came out a few weeks ago, and guess what? I have a journal which is actually useful and deep and sort of penetrating in that soulful way, the inquisitiveness of the journal is designed to have you look at solutions as opposed to just kind of kvetching on the problem. You know, we need to see the weeds, but we want to focus on the flowers. It's called the How to Be Loving Journal and there's a deck. I'm finally back to doing decks. So if you head to danielleport.com slash how to be loving, you'll see the whole collection of my outpouring of love, how to be loving the book, the deck, the journal, go check it out. Let's roll with some poetry to begin. How may I serve? Root so deeply into your heart that comparison and materialism and the status quo idealism and the lie called media realism cannot possibly sway your truth. Don't chase for motivation. Be a devotee of inspiration. Do what ambition tells you not to do. Forget your goals. Forget your regimens. Just be very still and listen to the pain of the world. And then it will be very clear what to do. You will let your sacred heart blaze to find solutions fierce with love. You will hold the babies, you will kiss the ground, you will share the seeds. You will rest and then regroup. You will reach out and you will deeply listen you will remember why you fell in love in the first place. How may you serve? This way. Everywhere you go, you bring your joy to bear on the situation because as you know, we all walk on common ground. So what does service, seva, have to do with you being fulfilled? Well, maybe it's really overt and clear for you that you are here to be of service. High five. That's amazing. Let me review. I've talked about this in other podcasts before. The difference between a heart-centered vision and an ego-centered vision. So a heart-centered vision is obviously compassionate, right? So it comes from your love of being interconnected to other people, to nature, to life itself. It's got that feeling of Fusion, there's a joyfulness to it, right? So the manifestation of your happiness includes or somehow benefits the happiness of others. You getting what you want is naturally a benefit to the people around you and maybe the world at large. Which is to say, a heart-centered vision, a heart-centered goal, a dream is really how you celebrate your divine nature, that divine energy that is you. You are the loveness. You are the wisdom. You are the virtue of generosity. All of that gets woven into this dream that you want to actualize, right? heart-centered vision is not your shadow with a bow on it and some quarterly objectives. It's not a greedy goal that we plan out in seven steps and make ourselves look good because we made it, right? A heart-centered vision is nourishing for everybody involved because it's interdependent. An ego-centered vision is really from the unhealed part of ourselves, often about proving something. Could be something we just want to prove to ourselves because we're beating ourselves up, or, you know, more obviously, we're trying to prove it to society. Sometimes we're trying to prove it to a higher power to earn, you know, biblically what's called divine favor. And these ego driven pursuits ultimately just create more division within us because it can be quite punishing. And they can divide us from the people around us. This is where really kind of cutthroat spirit of competition comes from. An ego-based dream is typically about needing to achieve something in order to feel worthy, even though we're not like above board (laughs) about that. But that's what's really running the show. If I get this, then I will get the love that I've been craving my whole life and I finally get to rest. So we create these transactions, whether it's promotion or money or being chosen by a special person who ordains us as special somehow we're transacting for attention and validation right and what i see every time i've had this conversation about success and desire hundreds of times i've talked to elite athletes and CEOs, and serious Buddhist practitioners, and you know, religious devotees, all kinds of celebrities. And I hear time and time again about reaching the goal that was really coming from that empty place. And it can be sparkly, there can be lots of cash involved, there can be some kind of award. And the satisfaction is not only fleeting and temporary, But sometimes it can actually create this deeper dissatisfaction because it's not what you wanted. So the hungry self, that insatiable part of ourselves, the hungry ghost, as the Buddhists would call it, is rarely fulfilled long term. It's actually never fulfilled, but the doses of fulfillment it gets tend to just evaporate. And then the hungry self is just going to scan for the next goal to hack, to crush, to surpass, right? It's not very joyful at all. And what we can come to realize, my prayer for everybody, is that we all realize that it is our joy that is our service to the collective. But to really move forward, we have to understand what joy is. Joy is our capacity to love whatever is happening. So joy isn't that fleeting, kind of carbonated, Happiness of like, I get this and I feel this happy rush. Joy is, I feel this depth, this purposefulness, this sweetness. No matter what is going on, I'm good. That's joy. As for goals, you know, I'm not a big fan these days of goals. I will have a vision any day over a specific goal. If you have the vision and it's coming from that interconnected place, it's coming from your joy, then you can have the micro goals that go with that. Objectives are a great thing. Doing your personal best is like super fulfilling. But if we're holding a vision in our energy field of what it feels like, of what success feels like for ourselves and everybody else involved, then the goals don't matter as much because you can still make good on the vision and you can get all that meaningfulness, you can get all that traction that has us be more virtuous, that moves us forward in life, that helps us clean up our messes. All of that beauty can be realized without meeting the goals we set. We don't need to hit all of our projections, we don't need to hit the lists, we don't need to get the certain kind of feedback that we've been craving. All that to say we can expand and grow into our fullness without sweating the details. All right, now where the conversation around manifesting gets really juicy is when you talk about faith. What is faith? Faith is, you can't see it, but you know in the deepest part of your being that it exists. Faith is believing that the light exists even when it's dark. So your heart sees it, your heart knows. This is a virtue. Faith is a state of consciousness. It's a higher energy that we can embody. So faith is like love or forgiving or compassion. And I think that real faith is walking through life with a thy will be done orientation. So thy will meaning the will of our soul's wisdom, which is connected to universal intelligence. It's really a state of surrender to higher guidance versus having an attachment to a certain outcome. I know we want certain outcomes. I get it. I'm there. I'm a dreamer. I go for it. But what I try to do is keep my heart firmly connected to the meaning behind the vision why i want this particular dream to come true and then i leave it up to life for how that's going to happen so here's the paradox faith is not dependent on manifesting right you just have the faith it doesn't matter what's happening but manifesting is is entirely dependent on faith. You have to have faith to manifest. You have to believe that it's going to happen in order for you to realize it. No faith, no fulfillment. Okay, so we got faith down. Faith is believing it, even when you can't see it yet. So what is manifesting? Let's like really boil it down like essential rose oil, okay? manifesting is a methodology. What are we doing with it? What are we doing with the technique of manifesting? We are bringing spirit into matter. We're pulling something out of the ethers and bringing it down into this dimension. Spirit to material. This all happens through the power of the mind. As I have said and will say till the day I die, energy follows thought. Energy follows thought. Manifesting is a technology. Manifesting can be used for good. It can be used for ill will. We are manifesting all the time. What I'm trying to help us move towards is conscious manifesting versus the unconscious stuff, right? We're here for intentional creation. This is everything that heart-centered manifesting is about. Are we manifesting more love or more fear? More depth and meaning or more shallowness and more fracture and distance from each other and from our higher power. Can we have it all? I don't think so. I think we can be deeply fulfilled. I believe in a bounty of purposefulness. I think it can happen for everybody at any time of their lives. If we're willing to have faith, if we're willing to surrender to higher guidance to abide in love if we're willing to dance with the divine we're going to be co-creative we're going to be open to how things are going to show up that's the real definition of having it all you're going to find the meaningfulness and the beauty of what the universe is giving you on any given day and you're going to build on that meaningful beauty right so you know that motivational trope of having it all is gross because The societal definition of having it all is really askew in contemporary culture. Having it all has so much to do with attainment of material things, all sorts of confirmation of our identity, our personality. For most people, having it all is just this checklist of affirmations about why they're special. And that is just an ego trip, and an ego trip is just the unhealed self acting out and trying to get its way. And we're here to be healers, not hustlers for attention. Faith is about learning how to let go. That's where the transformation comes with faith when we embody that energy, that virtue. So the next question becomes, what are we letting go of through faith, with the assistance of faith? We're letting go of the habits of our small self. All those lies of inferiority and superiority, they are gone. We are letting go of legacies. We're letting go of generational tendencies to create division. Generational, season after season, decade after decade throughout our families are ways that we have been taught to go to war with each other. All those baked-in, inculcated points of view that pit us against each other, that is ingrained social programming. And it's programming that also perpetuates self-punishment. And if you are punishing yourself, and if you are looking for the ways that you are worthy or unworthy and vice versa, with everybody around you. You are not going to be able to let go. You're carrying too many lies, too many things that aren't aligned with truth. Heavy stuff to carry. Faith aligns you with truth, that the universe has your back, that humans are good, that you are the beloved. Faith helps dissolve your ego-based boundaries, you know, all those constrictive ways. And then you can learn to really fly. And then you realize when you let go, and what? Let go and let God, you see how blessed you are. So faith brings up this awareness of the bounty in our lives. We let go of the illusions. We let go of the narrow-minded habits. Transformation comes in that moment. The Letting go, the letting God, we wake up to how good we have it so many levels. So then what's the opposite of faith? Now, Personally, I want more lightness and less heaviness in my own life. I want to have so much faith that my hunger pains, everything I'm craving for, you know, that gets comforted. I want to embody a faith so strong that when doubt arises, which inevitably it's going to arise, if doubt didn't arise, we wouldn't need faith. I want a faith so strong that, you know, like that agitation that comes out from the doubtfulness, that just gets dissolved. I want a faith so uh, luminous that it lights my way and I can keep doing what needs to be done, not necessarily what I want to do. (laughs) but what needs to be done and then I have faith in my capacity to make the power moves and love everything that seems to be in my way and love everybody that's helping me get where I need to go but back to my question what's the opposite of faith? Impatience so you know if impatience were a girl she would be really kind of jittery she's not Fluid, right? Faith is very fluid. It's moving within the moment to find what's stable at the center. But impatience is a bit shaky. Impatience and doubt do not take the long view because, you know, panic is always happening in the present moment. (laughs) Panic does not happen in the future. Anxiety happens now about the future. Impatience doesn't trust life. Because impatience is focused on surviving. Impatience is the opposite of faith. And doubt and impatience aren't a failure. They are part of human nature. They're part of the shadow fragments of ourselves, the unhealed parts of ourselves, reminding us to choose love. So doubt pops its head up. And instead of criticizing your doubt, you say, ah, I love you. You're part of me. I created you. You're here to remind me I'm going to choose a higher quality perspective. So when the doubt or the impatient creeps in, you don't respond with criticism. And please consider, you do not have to respond with all these affirmations about having faith when you are doubtful. That's just pouring shadow on top of shadow. It's just like this big self-help band-aid on your doubt. Your doubt doesn't need a band-aid. It needs to be dissolved. What dissolves and transmutes everything? Love. So you meet your doubtfulness and you meet your impatience with some love and some assurance. You have space in your consciousness, in your parenting of your own soul for your doubts. You You are big enough, you are vast enough that you can take your doubt and your impatience on the journey with you to your vision of success. So faith is going to embrace the impatience. Faith says, I see you. I'm going to feed you some faith. And then some doubt is going to pop up, and faith is going to be right there and say, yeah, I heard you. I'm going to choose faith. Yeah, Yes, I, kn- I know the odds. We're choosing faith. And you take it all along with you. And your doubt might come back <laughs> later that week or later that day. And you're going to say, I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to put you in the center of my heart. And I'm going to let you rest in the faith that is in my heart. So here's the breakdown. We're going to create heart-centered visions. And then we connect that vision to loving thoughts and words. And then, of course, we take action on that vision. We, we meet the dream. And then we trust in all of that. We trust in our good thoughts. We trust in our words. We trust in our actions. And I can almost promise you that you will feel so much closer to the pulse of life, that life force that is always creative, always generative, you know, that part of the universe that's always pulling stuff off. So as we work with our faith, we come to realize that the greater our faith the more connected we are to our soul, which is connected to the universal intelligence. And when you have universal intelligence on your team, there's no question about whether you're going to pull it off or not. Faith is one of the most direct routes to higher guidance. you really got to get that. Like, you want to tap in to that all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent source that knows what's around the corner that can tell you whether to turn left or right in order to make good on the vision, have faith. Faith is what opens the door to that higher guidance. It's like, I don't want to say it's the price of admission. It's it's the key. It's the key to the universal wisdom. I believe that you can guide me in the right direction and you will do so. All right, open sesame. Faith grants us access to divine direction. And divine direction is always going to lead us back to our joy. All right, to wrap, I have a few questions for you. And these questions I've made into a little poster. It's a love note that you can find on my site. Go to daniellelaport.com slash love notes. And also there you will find other love notes from other episodes of this podcast. And then please make sure that you come back next week. I'm going to give you the heart-centered manifesting practice that really could be fuel for your visions and your dreams. So heart-centered manifesting principles. One, our outer world desires to do, to have, to be, to experience will take into consideration the potential benefit or harm to others and the planet. Two, Our visions for our own happiness, wellness, and prosperity include others' happiness, wellness, and prosperity. Now here's some questions for you. You're going to ask yourself when you are creating your heart-centered vision, who can I include? Who can I include? Who can I welcome? So who can you welcome in with this vision, with your own desires for fulfillment? Who can you welcome? and who can you lift up? And we ask, how can the fulfillment of this vision ease each other's pain? How can we ease each other's pain? And finally, how can I use my fulfillment to benefit others? How can I use my fulfillment to benefit others? We serve with joy. One of my favorite offerings, the Shanti Deva prayer, says it like this. For as long as space endures and as long as living beings exist, may I too abide to dispel the misery of the world. And you do that with your joy. Okay, I will see you next week for an actual practice on heart-centered manifesting. We're going to craft a vision. I'm going to walk you through how you nourish it daily with colors and particular energies and we're going to build the trust to really work it into being faithful manifesting see you there thank you so much for listening for feeling for spreading the word with love